back to Light It Red. We are so back. We took a we took a week off um, just to regroup, and you know it's that time of year. Um, but really quickly, before we get into anything, we just want to address the elephant in the room. Um, Patrick has took a permanent leave of absence. He is um, taking a step back to focus on some other projects, and you know we're we're wishing him the best with those with those projects. And you know it was good while it lasted. So uh, it's just me and Stone now, but. Uh, you know, I think that's going to work well. Son and I, we're friends, so I'm not worried about it. I think we're excited for the dynamic and how everything is going to go. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, real, real like Mike and Mike vibes. Yeah, right? <laughs> like some ESPN stuff. Yeah. Um, well, for today's episode, we, we have a lot we want to talk about. We really want to get into the juicy stuff with football and basketball. It's just, it's a... Uh, it's that time, yeah. You know, like football's got important games left on the schedule. Basketball just started. We're right in the sweet spot. We're taking finals. Like we're all over the place. But um, we're gonna try to get through some of the smaller bits uh, first, and then and then we'll save those good ones for the end there. Um, so we'll just kind of riff off each other, I guess. Um, we don't have to go around the table anymore, but. Um, so we're going to get into football, basketball, like you said. So let's start off with the crap that we've had to watch for the past. The, like The crap is yeah. insane. That's It's true. It, no, it's been a tough year for soccer. Exactly. It's disappointing. Not, not like crapping on the players, just like the team. Like record-wise, just looking at it overall, like disappointing, yeah. you know, yeah. for both. Well, I mean, personally, I didn't have a good time going to those games very much either, but that's that's just my personal <laughs> pre- I don't know. It's it's Well, a do tough... you like watching losses? It's kind of hard. No, I don't like watching losses and I don't like sitting, you know, it seemed to just rain every time I went. So really? That didn't help. The one but... game we went to versus Wake Forest, which Wake Forest was like it was men's soccer, Wake Forest was like number 6 in the country and they just like obliterated us like Yeah, there's no chance. It wasn't even close. It wasn't No, none of those games weren't very competitive. To be fair though, they ended it off before they got blown out, like, pretty, you know, respectably. Like, we kind of had a little bit of hope. Uh, we had tied Clemson 1-1, to and we tied Syracuse 1-1, to which both teams were very good and were ranked in men's soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had some hope going into the ACC tournament, which we were near the bottom, so we ended up playing Syracuse in the first round. So we were like, okay, well, we just tied them, so maybe we could win. And then we lost 5 to nothing. <laughs> right. So. First, yeah, ACC tournament so um yeah those expectations they went up a little bit and then went right all the way back down skyrocketed like and then fell all the way they got rid of coach Kiefer. yeah unfortunate for for him um it said it was a mutual parting yeah which i you know i agree i we i had interviewed him i liked him he was nice he seemed to really care about the players and stuff just results he was was all about that that grit (laughs) yeah he was like not real not real x's and o's guy more of a i would like i I asked him like uh question about strategy for the next game is like no i'm worried about developing these guys yeah growing them meeting their families like all right well that's cool but you are gonna be (laughs) like your team's not good so yeah maybe that speaks for himself but as a character i thought he was good yeah no Um, he seemed i i interviewed him a couple times over the last two years and he seemed like a good guy but uh we'll see who they bring in now hopefully someone i kind of want yeah maybe someone young build it build back up because we seem to need that even just the season, like, overall, I mean, it was very poor. 
0-6-1 on the road. We had one ACC win, which was the Boston College, who was the worst team in the ACC. We were tied for the most goals allowed in the ACC. And as you said, we parted with our head coach after seven years. And his rec- guess his record. Well, that's, that's at, his record? Yeah, it, it's on the computer, so you can easily <laughs> see it. But how would you guess? With well, pretending I, like you didn't see if it. If I didn't see it. Um, over these past two years, they haven't been very good. So I would say you thought you probably think it would be lower. I right? think it would be below five hundred. Yeah, which yeah. he was exactly five hundred. So I guess there was some sort of decent seasons in the beginning or good seasons because we were not. We've been way below five hundred the past two. So maybe he started strong. Seems like they fell off and now he's he's gone. But um, program still trying to get back to where they were in the nineties, where they went to the tournament. Eight of the last 10 years during that decade, and they won the College World Cup in 1990. So we'll see if a new head coach can do that. Well, that's that's men's soccer. Let's talk about women's soccer, oh, too. Oh, it's really different. Yeah, super, super different. <laughs> um, so the last game, you know how we lost 5 nothing to Syracuse for men's, right? Mm-hmm. So women's was uh, cool, too. We lost 5 nothing to Florida State as well. As that, the was last the, game that was in the regular season. Yeah, not yeah. even the because t- We didn't yeah. make the tournament. Nope. Didn't qualify it. No. No, that was... I wrote womp womp. Womp womp womp. We didn't qualify. It was... Oh, well. It was a tough season for it them. It was pretty much... Like I said, it was pretty much the same. We were bottom three in win percentage. Second most goals allowed. Two ACC wins instead of one. So, girls beat the guys on that. Um, but overall, not the season for soccer for NC State. Nope. And that's okay. Because not every... You can't be good at everything. Right. We're so good at everything else. Because the next thing that we're good in is cross country. We are amazing. Yeah, no, we. I'm not being sarcastic about. Cross no, no, I'm, gen, gen, I'm saying like, yeah, <laughs> yeah like yeah, leading yeah. on to it. Like we're we're like really good. Yeah, cross country. Um, they're in their postseason right now. They just when when do they have their the regionals are on the tenth, so that's coming up real soon. And then the uh, NCAA championship is on November eighteenth. But right now. Uh, they just finished the ACC championship. Um, our men did not place on the podium. Our best finish was Zach Hughes at 28. Um, there were a couple other top 50 finishers, just four total top 50 finishers for the men in the 8K. Um, in the 6K, uh, Tui, Caitlin Tui finished first. Uh, Kelsey Chimmel finished third. Leah Stevens finished eighth. Samantha Bush finished 11th. Um, and then we had, I think, Quarzo and Hartman finished 14th and 19th. So um, quite a few top 20 finishes there. Obviously, two podium finishes with first and third. Um, so that's, I mean, that's a good sign for what's to come. They just, you know, ate up in the ACC championship for women. So three-peat loading is Hopefully. what I'm, I'm thinking. That'd be ideal. Um, and then volleyball has had some games uh, the past it's been two weeks since we did an episode, and we were previewing Duke and UNC before that. We ended up losing to Duke on the road, very close game, 2-3, to three, but then we ended up beating UNC 3-1. to one. That was a very good road win for us. Even if Carolina isn't anything crazy, they're like mid of the ACC, it's good to win on the road, because winning on the road in volleyball seems pretty hard. Uh, and then after that, we played two more games. Boston College, we ended up losing at home 2-3, to three, which was a really bad home loss because Boston College is someone that we obviously are trying to surpass. They're not this big team in the ACC. They're kind of towards the bottom, so that was very bad. Um, and then we took care of business for Syracuse 3-0, and Syracuse is like the worst. I don't, even, I don't know if they've won a game in volleyball, to be honest, in the ACC. They're very bad. So 
at least we took care of what we were supposed to do with the bad teams. Um, but we have our revenge against Boston College upcoming on November 10th. And then we play Virginia Tech before our final games of the season versus Clemson, which is the final home game, and then the final game in general versus Virginia. Uh, all of our opponents have a worse record than State, so ideally we could maybe at least go 3-1 and one in those four games to you know, get out of this stagnant run that we've had because we've kind of just been like up and down. Like we win, we lose. We win, we lose. We're currently 5-5 five and five in our last 10 games. So if we can maybe finish off on a three, four-game win streak, uh, that'll be good um, finishing the season and going into tournament play. Yeah, I I feel like we've spent a lot of time this semester talking about volleyball, and I, I've had a couple of things that I've had to write for for the yearbook about them, and I I was really pushing for it. And now I'm just so, like, unenthused by <laughs> this team. Like, I, I just can't lose these five five set games like it it seems like they fall apart towards the end every time it gets to like set five you know you got to really finish it off it's i don't know it's the team has the potential to beat a top five team but then is losing games to boston college yeah and losing really bad losing to duke it's like if you're really i mean if you're really made for it you're gonna win those games and i just don't think they're there yet so i was really optimistic earlier a few weeks ago well i mean even then way before that we beat louisville that's what I was I'm saying. Huge. That top five win really was like, okay, this is the moment. And then they were like, yeah, like we're going to go beat Florida State and Miami, and, and then we're going to host Pitt and beat them, and they're ranked. And they lost all of them. Because <laughs> we went to the Pitt game, and they it wasn't even close at all. Like It was, it was the worst loss we ever had. It was yeah. bad. And we didn't even get our, what was it, Chick-fil-A? Yeah, freaking sandwich. If you listen yeah. to that episode, that was a horrible day. It, just, the wasn't, worst it just wasn't going anyone's way, and it was not our fault. But like I said, we play bad teams, so hopefully we can finish off strong. And maybe they'll re- reinvigorate you to to maybe win, surprise some people in the tournament, hopefully. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, they didn't make the tournament last year, so a tournament appearance would just be, I mean, that would really kind of solidify this as a successful season. So um, hoping that that's, uh, that's what we'll get out of this. I'm not expecting a deep run or anything like that, but they deserve a chance to play for something. Um so those are those are some of our fall sports um, that are wrapping up. We are in winter now. Not technical. Are we in winter? Like yeah. seasonally? Yeah, I would say. Yes, 100%. Um, or November. Or actually, no. It's December, January, February. Especially in North Carolina because the coldest month is honestly like January or February all the time. Yeah. But winter sports season. Yeah. It especially. is winter sports season. Except for gymnastics. They don't, I don't actually know when they start. They, they, their season runs a little bit later than the rest of them. Like, they okay. run into, like, March or something, like, April even. But, yeah. Um, the last, no, the last day of fall is actually my birthday. When's your birthday? December. When, when's your birthday? 20th, December. 20th? Mm-hmm. Mine's 14th. So, we're both Sagittarius. Is that what that means? I don't follow any of that stuff no. at all. Well, that would, I mean, I think that would be a good thing. That would mean our chemistry is probably... On the up. That makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense why. That's why it's working <laughs> out. <laughs> why we are the two people speaking. Um, Anyways. Yeah. Re- what was, about wrestling? I'm talking about wrestling because it's a winter sport. Um, they've played two games on the road against Presbyterian and App State. Those are two programs. Presbyterian? Presbyterian. Somewhere. Where are they? I don't know. 
Why would you ask me I that? I don't know. I've <laughs> never heard of that. I know where App State is. Yeah, me too. I have friends there. Yeah, I don't. Um, nice. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but they beat they beat both those teams. So those aren't those aren't super. I mean, it's early season stuff. We're good at wrestling. Yes, cross so, country and wrestling, really, yeah. really, really good. We with it with that. <laughs> yeah, we with it. We with it. But they got some stuff coming up. It's called Wrangle Mania. Uh, the names of these it sounds awesome. The names of these wrestling meets are the best. Wrangle Mania, Journeyman Collegiate Classic, and Armbar at the Armor Armory. That's like those so are cool. Those are like probably Chat GPT generated, but they're cool. That's <laughs> <laughs> it I, does sound like they an do. AI. They sound goofy, but I like it. Those are all taking place um, from the 11th to the 17th. So um, we're not hosting, but you know, check those out. Um, also, swimming and diving is going on. We just hosted Georgia and Duke at the same time. Um, our men's team beat Georgia and Duke, and the women's team um, beat Duke but lost against Georgia. So three and one in yeah. total, pretty good. Three and one in total. Um, we have the key is we own Duke, so that's, that's right. Good. Swimming and diving. I think I think last year swimming and diving champions was Cal. Really? Yeah. So ACC school. Oh yeah, now now they'll be an ACC. School. Yeah, so it's gonna get more competitive soon. Dang. Um, anyhow, we have the GAC Invitational at Greensboro on the sixteenth. So, swimming and diving in full swing. Um, we will host. We don't host a lot of swimming and diving meets. So, when we do, we will we will have to probably check that out in like February. I think is when that is. Um, well, we made it through that part. Let's talk about uh, women's basketball. Who are actually playing as we yeah record. Unfortunately, we can't talk about them like in depth in terms of having a game right. already done. But next episode that we'll do in two weeks, um, we'll they would have played obviously a good amount of games. So ideally, we'd have a good opinion of them um, beforehand. Yeah, they're playing Charlotte right now, a game that I wanted to be at because that's my. I don't, am I an alumni of Charlotte because I went there for a year? No. What does alumni mean? Like you. Alumnus. I don't think that's what there. that means. Right? Isn't that what that means? I think I, just because I went there, that means I'm an alumnus. Alum, alumnus, right? Not alumni. You're the English major. I think so alumni I don't, I don't is know. plural. I'm a one person. I'm one man. Alumnus. Uh, I wanted to be at that game. We played them last year and cooked them real good. I mean, we will again because yeah, we it's got a season some good players. A lot of new players, too. But... I want. I'm gonna be at the one on the twelfth on Sunday against UConn. I gotta see AP All American Paige Beckers. Yeah, I'm honestly might go to that game just for UConn purposes because yeah. they have obviously this crazy dynasty. But Paige Beckers and there's some really good collegiate talent for women's basketball that is like going into the WNBA. That's like clearly the next generation for them, and they're like getting a ton of hype in college, which they deserve, which is cool. Um, so hopefully yeah. we can, you know. Yeah, I, think, I think Paige is on her third knee, though. She's unfortunate. Those knees are not. I don't know. Well, I mean, she's still all American, so let's. Sports is hard. It is. It's hard. It is. She's no Caitlin Clark, but you know. You know we beat them last year. We beat Iowa on the road last that was year. Great. Yeah. Hopefully, we can do that again. I don't think they're on our schedule. Oh well, but, maybe if we see them in the tournament. Right. If we see them, that'd be. I don't know about that, but we're foreshadowing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, before we, I mean, we won't be back for a while, so we're going to have Charlotte, UConn, Elon, and Rhode Island all played by our next recording. So basketball season, um, buckle up because they go fast. 
they have a lot of games more than the rest of the sports. Um, let's talk about men's basketball because you and I went to the exhibition game against. We did. Um, what was the team? I don't even know. What was the exhibition? Couldn't tell you. Completely forgot. Mount Olive. Yeah, all of something. And then we played um, last night. The Citadel. The Citadel. Yeah, they're the team that like plays every single big college, all the time for some reason, like before the season. Which props to them. They only lost by ten, right? No, it was seventy-two to fifty-nine. Um, that's basically ten if you well, round. Well, I mean. I'm you an round? What you I'm f- not a math major. I don't. <laughs> it's a pretty big. <laughs> okay, well, I went to the game. I know you did. Yeah, and um, well, talk about what you thought about the exhibition. First. Oh, well, the exhibition. It was we were. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. I was kind of disappointed. I was like, why are we not? Like, who, they were. Who? They were too close. Who were you disappointed in? Well, <laughs> we were kind of crapping on one player because he did not look good and it was uh mr mr o'connell yeah white chocolate michael o'connell um i don't even think he's white chocolate i think they called middlebrooks white chocolate well middle i i really like middlebrooks yeah i'll get into i actually really like him even i think he should get more minutes but um yeah michael o'connell he did not look good in the uh he was starting in the exhibition game and he looked really bad had turnovers couldn't pass and i was like he needs to go to the bench like I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. Starting worthless. And so then the starting lineup for the Citadel game, which is our first game, is um, Casey Morcel, DJ Horn, uh, Jaden Taylor, DJ Burns, and then uh, Mr. Diara. Is that how you say it? Diara. 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 And O'Connell didn't start, and I was like, okay, well that's probably best. But he played about the same amount of minutes as Taylor did, who was starting over him. And or Jade was it Jaden Taylor? Yep. Did I say that correctly? Yeah. Um, and O'Connor was awesome. Like he he was the only guy that could make a three. He was four for five from three, had some awesome assists. He had seven assists. So he led the team in assists, was second in points. So I don't know what it was in the exhibition game. Maybe he wasn't really just needed maybe he needed to get the rust off, but he was a huge standout. Um and Burns was obviously the second one. I know you have your opinions on Burns that we'll get into, but um it's you're right. You had uh, Griffin had told me before. I was obviously looking up all the stuff, and I knew DJ Burns. But when you see him, his play style is like so much different than what you think he would be. Like you think he'd be Shaq, but he's like so he's so soft at the rim with his touch, which is good for shots. But it was mostly like mid range. He was hitting like a ton of mid range shots just in guys' face right there, and he ended up having 16 points. Was not even really trying to get all these boards either. Um, and defensively, he had a block and two steals, and he wasn't really trying to play defense either. He was kind of just there. Like, they were avoiding him when he was in the paint, and I love the uh, Burns and Diara combo because Diara was awesome. He was awesome. He missed a few threes. They let him take a few more. I think he was two for six, Uh, but he had 14 rebounds, 10 assists, only one foul, and he was in the paint a lot because he had three blocks. So that's crazy efficient. He was awesome. And I'm honestly, even just watching the game, I didn't really think anyone was really bad. And I know it's weird because Winley won by 13. So you'd think that we would win by way more. But it was honestly just because in the second half, they came back because we were kind of like, okay, this game's over. So to be honest, we probably won realistically by like 20 plus. Uh, but I, I don't really come away 
thinking like, okay, like we need this player needs to work on stuff. Uh, only one was Horn because he missed a lot of shots, and I think DJ Horn's going to be the guy that we're trying to see as like, hey, this is our Traquavion Smith from last year. He's a transfer from Arizona State, uh, and he had, he shot two for twelve, um, but he had six rebounds, four assists, was all over the place, and I'm not I'm not too worried. He didn't he wasn't like a very poor shooter at Arizona State, so I think he'll get it together. Um, but honestly, everyone else looks looks pretty good. Um, and Middlebrooks off the bench, I really love. I think he's an awesome energy guy. He doesn't fill up the stat sheet at all, but four points, three steals, an assist. Uh, and to be honest, he was really good on the perimeter as a defender because he's really tall as a forward, but he can actually move. You know, unlike Burns or Diara, he's more agile, so he can guard on the perimeter um, for maybe some taller wings that can shoot. So I think we have a lot of good, solid pieces on the team and I I do if you don't know I have this other podcast that I do that's my own and I'm like bringing out these rankings for each uh for each conference and I have state at six and I think state is one of the more hard teams to place because they have so many transfers that are coming in and we want to see how they mesh to see how the team will do and I think they could finish anywhere from like the fourth team in the ACC to like the eighth or ninth. So I put him in the middle at like six. But uh, from what I saw, I'm not really upset with any certain player. Like they all seem like they play their roles. They looked pretty good. Only thing was free throws. We weren't really hitting, which was kind of weird. And other players that normally hit threes didn't. And I expect them to eventually hit them to where it'll even out. But even at that point, we still shot 35% from three, which is pretty good. Um, it's just some of the personal fouls we need to work on because we had 20 fouls, which was pretty bad. So I would say fouls and free throws, pretty much the only thing. And those can be fixed. Uh, so I, I don't want to lead people on, but I'd say that you could have a little bit of optimism with the team in the ACC. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm glad that O'Connell kind of turned up because, yeah, it, I mean, what he needs to be for this team is – is exactly what he was. He needs to be a guy who can knock down a three and dish the ball. He doesn't need to be anything more. We already have plenty of guys who can score, rebound, block. Just be just be the point guard, basically. And I don't think, I mean, there wasn't a lot of confidence after the exhibition game, which is why Taylor was inserted into the lineup, because Taylor's a really, really good player. Super active. Super, super active. On both ends of the floor. I think I honestly prefer him starting because I think O'Connell uh, can be really, really good off the bench but still playing the same amount of minutes. They both got 26 minutes, and Taylor can be the active defender and more athletic, and then O'Connell can come in when they need more, um, like, you know, passing and efficiency and just leading the point if maybe Horn or Marcel are coming out of the game. Yeah. Um yeah, I think the the personnel is it'll work itself out. There's just so many good players on this team. Like I mean, what Ross Ernest Ross didn't even get in the game. He he had a huge role on the team last Hardly. year. Pass. Pass didn't really get Thomas. So we're deep. We're pretty yeah. deep and I like the starters. We just need someone to break out and I think it's possible that Burns could do that, Horn could do that, Marcel, all those guys. Even Diara, I think Diara is going to be one of the more underrated players on the team. No, he's like a, he he's looked awesome. Three blocks, fourteen rebounds. Like he's he's going to get his. 
But um, did you any MJ Rice sighting at this game? No, I was going to bring that up. If you didn't listen to our uh, episode a few weeks ago, we had gone over players for basketball that we were excited about, and I brought up MJ Rice because he was a really pretty relatively high recruit, went to Kansas, didn't get a lot of time, and transferred here. And we were like, okay, this can be like almost and essentially like a free recruit who's like a four-star, borderline five-star, and he didn't get in the game at all. I'm not 100% sure if he was even on the sidelines. I wasn't able to see or didn't look up, so I don't want to just talk out of my ass right now, but um, I I didn't. he wasn't in the game, and I don't remember seeing him over there, so I'm, I'm kind of concerned and confused about what's going on there. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I, we didn't see him at the exhibition. He wasn't on the bench at the exhibition game, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't. It's not up to me to speculate on it, but it's. I mean, it sucks because Dennis Parker is kind of you know that that wing, that tall wing player that can do everything. But I think Rice is really like a piece that this team is gonna miss because I mean, not that they had him to miss, but if he was on the team, like if he was on the floor, I think his contributions are gonna be invaluable as like a a six six seven wing guy. Like, he would, yeah, he would honestly be. A mix of Middlebrooks and Taylor, but someone who can start. Right. Like Middlebrooks, he has the size and is able to play like Middlebrooks, but he's like Taylor where he's super athletic and has the potential to make shots. So that that's kind of disappointing. Yeah, I really hope that that situation works itself out. Um, did you want me to talk about DJ Burns? Yeah, because you go for it. Yeah. What do you? Well. Well, you could convince me. I'm just saying when I watched, I'm like, like he literally scored the first like six points. He didn't miss a shot the first half. Like he scored the first six. I could see where he may have flaws, but um, if he can do that, just like hit these mid range shots with guys in his face, then I mean he's he's gonna be a stud. Yeah, if, I mean that is if obviously. Um, no, I mean he's a he's a very unique player with a unique build, and I think that's I mean it's Kevin che- Kevin Keats' job to to kind of cater to his strengths. And minimize his weaknesses. So, like, his strengths are scoring, right? He has a good touch. However, his weaknesses sometimes, to me, uh, outweigh his strengths. And I that's not... It's just when when we get behind an athlete, like how we have behind DJ Burns, just as, like, a student body, it, it scares me because he's a very... He's a very flawed player. Like, he's he's heavy. He's not quick. He fouls. He's a defensive liability. So I I wish there wasn't pressure to have him in the lineup if you have guys like Middlebrooks and Diara and Ross who can go and do his job but in a more efficient way. Like I just it makes me worried. And I know he scored the most points on the team, 16, which is great. Um, but it was his fault that we lost to Creighton in the tournament. Like, I mean, not I can't solely well, put it on him. That's not hyperbole. Yeah. Like that is, but it was his. It was mostly his. Yeah, like he's, no, he's you're the right. big man. So that's why they go out and get these two other bigs. But Burns is still like the face of the team. So you have to work around that and have these three. And then Ross, Ross, who deserves playing time, isn't going to get playing time. I understand. I you're you're right. You're not wrong. Because I know what you mean. Because he had a few fouls where I'm like, what are you doing? Like what? That was that could have been easily avoided. You know. Um, and then on defense, I think. The thing that made it better is that Diara was in there because Diara is getting all the rebounds. And if Burns can just be a guy in the paint where 
Um, if a team is a little bit smaller, they just don't want to go in because he just has to be there and contest. He doesn't even have to really – I mean, obviously he can jump, but he doesn't have to put forth so much effort on defense because he could just be there. And even when we might require him to, Diara was awesome, and he can maybe fill that role. So I think the you're not wrong because if Diara wasn't there, that would be a problem. But I think if Diara and uh, Middlebrooks can – get more, obviously more playing time and help him out in that aspect, be on the court at the same time as him, then we can utilize Burns being awesome around the rim and hitting these shots and putting him in a position to where he's not always getting fouled in the paint or he's not in a position where he's, like, getting exposed defensively, like, specifically just him in the paint. Um, so that you're not wrong. It's just Keats needs to... Like you said, cater to his strengths, and I think in the exhibition he did that, and Burns took advantage of it. But I, I do know what you mean. Any time he got the ball, the place like went crazy. Like they would cheer so hard for him when he got the ball, which it's hard not to, because he's you know, like you said, he's a unique physique. He's a cool guy. He's like you know, seems pretty chill, and uh, he's a starter. He's just a good player. Um, it's just you know, he does have his flaws, and I think. Like I said, Diara Middlebrooks can be there to help Burns excel even more, but I still view Horn as the guy that I want um, as being the leader and the guy I want to be the best. Like, if I were to pick a guy to be the best player on this team, I would pick Horn, and he needs to do that. Obviously, the first game he didn't. I think he'll bounce back, um, but I think he's the key to take over Smith's role because we're deeper, I think, than last year's team. We had a ton of transfers that got in. A lot of them can play. We we're just missing the top player, which is was Traquavion last year, and he carried them in the Creighton game. And if Horn can do that, then this team this team could be even better than what they were last year, which last year was a huge improvement because Keats was on the hot seat, and he got a ton of transfers, did the same thing this year, and hopefully they can be similar and make the tournament because that's the goal I think is just get into the dance. And anything can happen after that. But ACC, they're in this weird bubble with uh, teams like Wake Forest and Pitt and Virginia Tech. And uh, I guess if you want to throw Florida State in there, that could make the tournament but might slip out. Syracuse is in there as well. Um, I think they're higher up on that list. But if, you know, there could definitely be players on other teams that skyrocket and become stars, and we are just like a solid team, and maybe they jump past us. Um, but ideally, I would I would say the goal would you do the same thing we did last year, but maybe a little higher seed, maybe a 10 seed. I think it would be, would be pretty cool. Yeah. And then just to clear, take what I'm saying about Burns as, with a grain of salt because um, I like him a lot, like as a person. I'm just saying, like, don't be surprised if he gets taken out in a game against, like, Duke. Exactly. When yeah. you have, like, just uber-athletic guys, tall guys, guys are going to attack him. Like, it's so easy as an opposing coach to to get Burns out of a game, I feel like. Like, if they have a stretch four or five that Burns has to be on, then there's going to be a problem because Over. he's going to have to go out to the perimeter, and all you could do is either shoot because he can't get there quick enough or pump fake and go drive in and get a foul and it's all going to be on Diaria, and they might, you know, get him in foul trouble. So Burns is definitely going to have to play better. But I think that's why we brought in Middlebrooks as well, because Middlebrooks can play a similar role on the four, except he can go out and guard the perimeter. Um, so, again, it's honestly all up to Keats. Uh, 
along with how our bigs play. And, um, I mean, again, it's – and basketball itself is becoming more of a, th- you know, three-point league. I think college basketball is a little – not behind because I still like the sport of basketball as it is right now in college basketball. I honestly prefer to the NBA in terms of how they've gone with the three ball. But I'd say three is still extremely important and becoming obviously more important than the mid-range and stuff like that. And if you only have one player on the team that is really hitting shots, it's going to be a problem. Uh, so, again, hopefully our guards can uh, hit more shots. And um, we don't really play – we're going to go over upcoming games. We don't really play any relative ACC teams till like, January, to be honest. Uh, we have a few games in December we might preview, but we could do that next episode. The ones that will be before then are just like Avaline Christian or Charleston Southern. So those are probably be similar. Maybe you could just see. The only thing I would look at is the fouls and then how Horn plays. That'd pretty much be it. Yeah. Uh, well, moving away from basketball, let's talk about football because football is the, the talk around the town right now. Ever since we had that Duke game, we we – we stopped talking on our podcast for a little bit and they started winning games. So maybe it was us. Maybe we were the problem. I, I think so. So no, no, I think we're the reason they even, they like listen to our podcast and we're like, you know what? They're right. You know, let's go do this instead. And that's why. 100%. Mm, yeah, that's probably accurate. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, deny it. So, um, you had notes on the Clemson game, right? Cause we got to talk about two games. We got, Clemson. I had everything, just everything. We yeah. Got, okay. Well, we got Clemson and Miami, so make sure you're, you know, we don't have to get into every little detail about it, but we can talk about, like, you know, what what were the keys to success against Clemson? How about that? How do we win this game? I view them both the same, Okay. to be honest. So all my stuff is, like, related to both wins, just because it was a two weeks since we did the podcast. So a lot of my stuff is, like, Related to both games and then previewing the future. So if you have something for the Clemson's game that's specific, you can go over it. But for – I have, like – all my stuff is just with NC State football these past two weeks because it's different than NC State football the four weeks that were before. Okay. Um. Well, I guess before you talk about that, I'll just talk about, you know, I think against Clemson, um, obviously Clemson isn't – what they once were, but they do have some talented players. I think Will Shipley getting knocked out of the game was a turning point because um, he's a huge, huge source of their offense. And I think Aiden White. I mean, it just it was just the way the play kind of unfolded. Like Shipley got tackled on the one, and White came like right behind him and like just drilled him. It was a legal hit too, but that knocked him out of the game, and. Cade Klubnick, Clemson's quarterback, isn't going to – I don't feel like he's going to really go out there and win a game with without a talented back or receivers. And so no Shipley means no win. That's what I think. Um, and then Casey Concepcion really – I mean, he's just been on a tear these past two weeks. Um, he had he broke a couple big big runs, big catch and runs in, in those games. I think he had a 50-yard a run and like a 72-yard slant route that went – to the house so um i think the offense was getting to where it needs to be they were sprinkling more brennan armstrong in the run game which you know we'll touch on later because that's that's now going to be a big storyline again but um 
I mean, yeah, I had a lot of game notes on this, but obviously they, they win the game. Um, they were in control of the game. They led by multiple scores at several points, and then they come away with the 24-17 to win because of a strong defensive effort. Peyton Wilson had a pick six in this game. Um, you know, it was just an all-around effort, and then we both went to Miami. We, we went to Miami together. So I kind of want I want to know what you have to say about that because this was your first baby's first football game. Baby's first football game. Press, well, press. we went we went up in the press box because um, we're both. I'm like a part of Agromech, so we. I'm his boss. Yeah, kind yeah, <laughs> guess whatever. <laughs> Technically, um, which is like the you know they do the big yearbook and uh, we get to do sports stuff and it was fun. We both got in there and uh, had food, watched a game. Took notes. How and was then how was the food? Interviewing there, it was okay. <laughs> Do you remember what it was? It was okay. Yeah, wings, right? It, it was like drumsticks, some, like some barbe- glizzies, barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, halftime glizzies. It's a staple. Cookies at were Family. hard. Brownies. The brownies were good. Yep. I think they just were... like, there. It's mid. Just like every single NC State food thing around, pretty much. I think that. It may be, it may be. Yes, it is. <laughs> but um, it's nice. It's nice that they do that for us. Yeah, no, it was cool. Yeah, most. I mean, not there's not one other sport on campus that caters food. I don't know. I mean, it's it's a unique experience. Football is its own thing. You for know, sure. pretty it's, much. It's a it's spectacle. Its, it's it's they they go all out for us. They make us, and there's free drinks too. Yeah, not pretty alcohol, much. And not it's soda and water. But it's still like that's you know yeah that's cool. It would be cool if it. No, I'm joking. They <laughs> gave <laughs> us mini bar. Yeah, like, how about that? <laughs> yeah. Stone and I are twenty, not twenty one. Why are you twenty one or twenty? Twenty. Yeah. Well, we will be. Oh yeah, next, birth- right. Yeah, yeah. Next episode. Yeah, Stone and I are turning twenty one. So next episode we will be completely different. We will be drinking during the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll record our podcast from a Vegas casino. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Um. But besides the food. What was the game like? The game? It was a little chilly up there, right? It was a little you. bit. It was fine. I told you it would be. Well, I brought my sweatshirt. Yeah. I brought it. Yeah. So it was fine. But right. um, like I said, I view both these games similar, but Miami was way better. Way, way better. I agree. Uh, it was much more impressive of a win, in my opinion. Probably the most impressive win they had all season, I think, uh, which they, as you said, they completely turned it around. And gave hope to all the fans, and I honestly think they saved a lot of jobs with these past two weeks because we were there was no hope after Duke. I mean, a lot of it I had already kind of seen going, and after the or seen coming, and then after the Duke game, I was like, okay, well, this is our schedule. Like maybe we win one of these home games, and then the next two we have two away games. Maybe we'll win one or two of them, and then we play Carolina, and that's the big what if. But we win both of these, which was huge. Um, and like I said, both games can be sp- spoken about in a similar way because I think it's the formula for how we're winning. And it's KC and D. That's pretty much it. KC Conception and the defense. Conception. Conception. Podcast favorite. Podcast favorite. <laughs> that is the reason that we're winning any of these games. Um, and all things considered, what I said about the offense has been correct. Like if there's anything they're like that they're doing more of, it's what I had said they wanted to do more of, which was use motion. 
and also use motion not only to get Casey the ball and have him mo- move every single time, but get other people moving to where you could still get Casey the ball with someone else moving in motion. It just shows you what the defense is, whether they're in man or zone, and it also gets them moving and confused. You can use multiple different sets with motion, and it's a super, super critical thing to use. The best offenses in the NFL, you think of the 49ers with Kyle Shanahan, you think of the Dolphins, they use a ton of motion. Motion is what teams need to be using. And I credit Robert and I because he has finally been doing that. And it's in majority with KC. Because uh, in both games, we were outgained in yards offensively, both of them. And yet in the combined games, we had 25 per, we had a 25% third down percentage, which is very poor. Just in both games, every one in four times, we got a third down. Or we got a first down on third down, which is very bad. Uh, And we also had less time of possession for over nine minutes in both games. So the offenses on the other team had the ball more. They had more yards. They were converting more. And we were still winning. And it's because we were able to create more turnovers and get Casey the ball. Uh. The defense was super dominant in key situations, especially with Miami, if we wanted to bring up that game. On third and fourth down, that pretty much was the reason we won the game. They had huge goal line stop against Miami that was able to prevent them from getting any sort of points. And in both games combined, we have a plus four turnover differential, which is very big. Because if you win the turnover battle, nine times out of ten, you're going to win the game. Uh, And offensively, we can get into the... Um, MJ thing, but if you haven't been listening to the podcast and you've been living under a rock, I was not the biggest fan of doing it anyways from the beginning, and I said nothing would change, and um, not to toot my own horn, but looking at the numbers and everything, nothing has changed. Only thing that's changed is the winning, winning, but (laughs) it's not because of him. Like, I, as, as Steve Smith would say, he's a jag. He's just a guy. From these past few games. Maybe it could be more in the future. I don't but know if you want to bring Steve Smith. Well, maybe we don't with NC this. State. Um, but <laughs> for analogy purposes, um, he has not done anything to greatly impact the game and help us from winning. It's all been Casey, literally all of it. In the two games combined, he has 51% of the total offense, and MJ has 53% completion percentage in general. And almost... More more than half of those passes are all going to KC. And a lot of them are not like these really solid throws across the field. Like they're just jet motion or runs or screens for him in the backfield. And he does his thing and it counts as a pass. So that that's what has been a majority of his yards, even when you look at his yards. Uh, and even if you just watch the game, it's KC leading the team with rushing and receiving. Uh, even during... The Clemson game, MJ had two turnovers, and defensively, State was able to get huge goal line stops on fourth down to win the game for them. So he put them in worse situations, and people just didn't want to admit it because they already bailed on Armstrong, which I'm not saying was a stupid idea, but I was still thinking it wasn't necessarily his fault because there's a lot of other stuff that was going on, and they weren't using KC in the ways they were now. KC was not being used the same way that he was with NJ Morris. Well, part of the reason they weren't they weren't using him in that way was because they were relying on Armstrong's legs and which funny enough, <laughs> he was literally the leading rusher in the Miami game. Right. So well, uh, I mean this it's is effective. This is a good 
transition point because I mean, let's talk about it was announced today that MJ Morris is going to redshirt for this season. So that means that MJ's status as an NC State quarterback is a little bit up in the air. I don't think he's going to leave. Um, I think he's just doing it to save a year. I mean, I was kind of shocked. I did not. I was too. I yeah. pooped my pants in, in my class, literally. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. Sorry. Um, yeah. But I was you surprised. I was surprised. <laughs> I was surprised. Um, I didn't know. I, I don't know. I feel like things were going good, but. Um, I it, I tried to look into it. We'll find more info out about it later, but it may have been something with. There might It might be a mix of everything, like maybe a mix of the coaches, maybe a mix of him, a mix of maybe some NIL stuff, maybe transfer stuff. His future here is not guaranteed. I still would bet he would come back, but um, there might be a possibility where he says, all right, I won these games. I'm going to be out. You guys have people coming in. I'm going to go transfer and get money somewhere else. That that legit might be it, or it might not be. We just We have no idea. Right. I mean, um, this is the and it's, it's really it was yeah it was really shocking. So we're just trying to think of a bunch of stuff, and so is everyone else. Right. Um. I can tell you what it does mean though is it means Brandon Armstrong is QB one. It does. So, it means he's uh, QB one, and I. I don't want to say I'm like happy, but I just think it's. I think, be, I think it's gonna be, be the same. It'll be fine. Like I yeah. Like if we lose Wake Forest, don't freak out because that game we have a chance to lose with MJ anyways because it's a very good team and it's on the road. And we struggle to win road games. I think we'll beat Virginia Tech. That's for sure. That's in two weeks. But Wake Forest is similar to us in terms of like the caliber of opponent, and it's on the road, which automatically makes it harder. Um, so I I would say the big thing would be Carolina, and we can get into that in future episodes because that would be the next game. But um, that would be the big game where we're like, okay, you know, we've beaten these teams at home, these good teams at home. What can we do against Carolina, who's another good team? with Armstrong at quarterback. Um, but even just going in, talking about him via that Miami game, you could e- easily say he made more of an impact in that game than Armstrong did, and you wouldn't be lying. You mean Armstrong made more or, of an impact? I mean, yeah, Armstrong made more of an impact than MJ did. He definitely, and I would that, say, I would, was, I would personally say that. I mean, there was like a 97-yard drive that was fueled by his runs. Which was the best. It was the end of the game drive. Yeah. We were on the, what was it, five-yard line? Three. Three-yard line, yeah. and... This was like, okay, we need to take time off the clock or else we would punt in yeah. poor field position and give Miami a chance to win the game. And Griffin was like, they're scoring on this drive. I'm like, shut up. Like, they're not going to score. And they go down. KC gets the ball, has a few good runs. And then Armstrong comes in, has a really nice run for first down, gets a horse collar tackle, uh, moves us up forward even more. And then. Kendrick um, Raphael. Raphael is able to just bounce off a guy yeah. and get into the end zone. It's like a 30-something yard touchdown. I was so Best happy to see that. Best drive they had. Kendrick Raphael. I've been waiting. Waiting. He only got three carries in that game, but like And he took advantage of he might all be of them. he might be that guy. He really might be. Michael Allen and Raphael. I don't know that there's much of a gap between the two. So I agree. I like I think Raphael looks really good. is going to be good, especially like next year. Like keep an eye out for him. So hopefully in the future, yeah, like you said, future. But even just in the next few games, maybe he gets more run because we're definitely going to be more run heavy. I'll tell you that with Armstrong. But I don't necessarily think that's bad because anytime Armstrong comes into the game, he hasn't thrown a pass. He's just ran. And the defense knows that, and he still gets like seven yards. So that's pretty impressive, the fact that 
you know what the opponent is going to do and you can't stop it, I think that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, and he's not inept with throwing. <laughs> he's just not phenomenal or good or amazing. He's okay. He's a lefty. Yeah. Well, well, lefties <laughs> are fine, okay, but he, you know, he's he's okay he, at throwing. He's fine, but I he's a good runner. I, I, yeah, I feel like his running skills come from like his gingerness. <laughs> I feel like gingers just don't <laughs> care. They just don't care, man. I'll tell you what, he puts his head down. He really for does. Since like, I love it. Soulless. I love it, and I hate these fans, dude, that are like, uh, all of a sudden. Yes, we're back on the. We are so Armstrong. We're like, you were just freaking out about how MJ Morse needs to come in. Put, he's gonna take us to the moon. He's an astronaut, and it went complete. It went exactly as I thought it would. And I obviously these fans want their team to win, so I don't want to crap on them for that. I just think it's so funny about the casualness that I brought up of the fans that are just like, hey, we want to ride on and go through anything because we don't actually analyze why this is happening okay why is this going on the only thing that was changed was kc getting more motion and that was the only positive that you can take away from the offense of why we were able to stay alive so imagine if we weren't doing that we would have lost both games and then imagine if we were doing that beforehand plus the armstrong runs like we would have beat louisville i think if they used kc in a better way because a lot of it was trying to throw a ton we're like okay we can't really throw like this because, as we said, the other receivers are just not it. But maybe we could try getting Casey the ball in the backfield and going around like this. All we needed was a field goal or two. So that's probably a win that we save right there. Uh, or, obviously, the Marshall game, that was probably Morse's best game, I guess you could say, in terms of him being able to gather the team and be like, hey, we're going to go score every time. But the reason we were down is because he threw, like, <laughs> three picks and had turnovers and that could have been avoided. So I don't want to crap on him a ton. It's just, I don't, I don't think he did anything to really improve the team other than be some sort of stabilizing force to where they can implement the offense that Anai was trying to figure out and not just relying on Armstrong to do this. Cause maybe that was the case where they were like, Hey, we work together. Let's do what we did before. And clearly that's not the case. Cause you don't have the same personnel and it didn't work. And now I think that M.G. Morris came in, and I was able to figure out an offense where he's not just relying on all the stuff he did with Armstrong before. And now Armstrong can come back in, and he can implement that same offense plus all the other running that he was doing before. So I think it's it was a good positive for the team, and it made them realize what they can do with offense. And it might be a little bit better. I don't think it'll be the exact same because I still prefer the running ability that he gives you because I think he can get you more first downs, which takes you know time off the clock. And our defense is phenomenal. I mean, they've just been awesome. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, it was shocking that he's not there. But I don't think we should. I think it'll be the same, if not maybe a little bit better. Um, Don't freak out if we lose to Wake Forest because they're a good team. But uh, if we're thinking about the highs, I think we could get to an eight-win season. I'd say winning two of the next three games would be the ideal outcome. Yeah. We'll spend more time on our next episode talking about how that plays into maybe potential ACC uh, championship stuff because that's still working itself out. But um, to, to wrap it up, did you want to talk about uh, your your post your first post-game press conference with Dave Dorn? Yeah. So 
Steve Dorn, obviously, um, head coach for our football team. A uh, really cool guy. I was able to have the privilege of uh, asking him an interview question uh, via Zoom. And uh, we can play the clip here where um, you can make the judgment for yourself. But um, <laughs> this is what he said. Hey, Coach, congrats on your record-breaking win and all the success you've had here at NC State. Uh, after two impressive home wins in the past two weeks, you guys are going to start your last road stretch of the season versus Wake right. Forest and Virginia Tech. Uh, what's the biggest thing that you want your team to focus on this upcoming week and bring to both of these away games? Great question, and I'll let you ask me that on Monday. Tonight we're going to celebrate the win. So, yeah, that's Dave Dorn completely dunking on me and my question that I asked of my first ever question to anyone related or not anyone related to football. Cause I asked Peyton Wilson something and he had, you know, and, uh, white in white, both questions. And that was cool. But Dave Dorn, we weren't planning on him coming. Cause they said he wasn't going to, they said it was just going to be these four players. Well, yeah, they just, usually he opens, usually he's the first one. And, and he, so, we and they sure. were like, Hey, he's not going to be there. And we're like, okay. And then he comes in as the last guy. And there's like, yeah, I know. He just wanted to come in. And we're like, okay. And I was like, well, I don't want to – I didn't have a ton of questions planned because we didn't know it wasn't going to be there. But I was like, other people are going to ask about all this other stuff with him obviously getting his big win. So I'm like, well, I'll just ask something about the future. And he clearly didn't like that. So what I did was I went back and tried to get my question back again. Hey, Coach, again, congrats on the win. Thank you. Um, after the game, I had prematurely asked the question, yeah appreciate the follow-up stone um yeah excited about the matchup with wake you know i think um it's a team that uh, doesn't beat itself very experienced uh Ton of continuity in their systems. The guys know it inside and out. You can see that on film. They play really hard. It doesn't matter who you watch them play. Uh, you see the same thing. The guys just playing hard. You know, they're sound. And so that's the matchup. You got to go earn this one. And I think that's one thing our team has figured out. Like, if you don't beat yourself and you play really, really hard, longer than the guy across from you, you're going to win. And we got to keep doing it. You know, we got to be able to continue the process of, of being consistent from that standpoint. And so that's what I look forward to is that challenge uh, with this matchup with Wake Forest is, you know, all right, you just beat Clemson, you just beat Miami. Now, here's the next team that we got to go try to beat and understand they're not easy to beat in their stadium. You know, that's a place a lot of people go down and fail at. So a lot of focus is going to be on how do we go down there and be the best team we can be. So, yeah, at least uh, in the end, he was <laughs> smiling and laughing and remembered. But that was that was kind of funny. Yeah, no, you're doing a you're doing a good job. Better better than I was when I first started. So I think, you know, you're on you're on a good. Well, good I don't pace. think you elicited a response like that because he. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. But I mean, I've been doing it for over a year and most most guys you meet our age, you know, don't even ask a question. So. Kudos to you. I didn't ask Dave my first question until like this this year at some point. So I mean, I've gone every game, and it's it's not the easiest thing. So to go back twice is pretty bold, and I think 
I think you know maybe he'll remember you. So hopefully, my name is weird. So Stone. Yeah, yeah. And well, it was scary because I was worried <laughs> I'd be like, if I come back, is he gonna be like, okay, dude, like shut up, like why are you? <laughs> I don't know, man. I think you worded it pretty well. So I don't. He think was cool though. He I think cool. he appreciates good questions. That's I like him. something about him. So he's, he's a cool dude. Yeah. Well, keep it up. Um. Well, I guess that's that's all we got for today. Thanks for listening to us. We will, you know, we'll be back in two weeks. We're we'll be back spacing it out. Don't worry a little bit, but um, hopefully that makes it more special. So thanks. This has been Light It Red. Music in this podcast was Jonas Hipper's King of Sports and Vibe and Sneaky, licensed under Creative Commons from the Free Music Archive. 